If you would, let's all stand and come around the front and start off with worship and thanksgiving and praising God. Let's have good church. Hallelujah.
morning. Thank God for what God's going to do for us in this service tonight. I want to remember to pray for Dale Stevens. Ask God to perform a miracle in his live body. Heal him. Hallelujah. And because God is a prayer answering God. Remember us tomorrow as we travel into Houston. Ask God to keep his hand upon us. Be with us. We want to pray for Brother Richard Y. Barbo and his family. Strengthen them and encourage them. And Brother Looper's Cousin, Brother Blakeney, their family, want to remember them, to pray for them. 
But let's ask God to have His way in this service here today. We love you, God. We praise you, God. Lord, you see every need in every situation. Justin's going to get ready to sing for us. And we're going to have a good church. Glory. Well, you can't take a plane. You can't take a train. If you want to go with us, you got to go down in Jesus' name. New Jerusalem. New Jerusalem. New Jerusalem. Here I come. Going to get me one. Oh, yeah. tonight. Brother Calvin Spurlock, we're glad to see you back in church with us. Hallelujah. And I want to say again, isn't God good? Isn't God good all the time? Hallelujah. Let's give God a big hand as Brother Justin says. Thank you. I could not understand. 
trials It just blurs my vision And my frustrations get so out of hand But it's then I am reminded Never been forsaken. Never had to stand one test alone. And as I look at all the victories, your spirit rises up to me. And it's through the fire my weakness is made strong. He never promised that the cross would not get heavy and the heel would not be. Just hold on, our Lord will 
Come on at this time. Come on. Glory.
In time he'll get involved Our God he cares about us So wait on the Lord Wait on the Lord 
Jesus, I'm gonna wait on you, Jesus. I'm gonna wait on you, Jesus. 
Hallelujah. Somebody give God praise tonight. Has anybody got a made up mind? Has anybody got a made up mind that have already put it in the hands of God? God's in control. God is ordering my steps. Hallelujah. Why don't you give God praise right now? Give God some glory in the house of the Lord right now. Hallelujah. Come on, let's take just a moment and lift up the name of Jesus. Come on, praise Him right now. Give Him praise in the house right now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. thankful for the presence of the Lord that we're able to feel in the house of God tonight. Amen, amen, amen. Lord bless you. You can return to your seats. Just remain standing if you will. So good to see everyone that's in the house of the Lord. So good to feel the presence of God. We ask God to just have His way in this service. I come expecting and believing God to do something good in the house of the Lord tonight. How about you? How many come expecting God to do something? Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Didn't, didn't little sister Stephanie do a good job on the piano tonight? Praise God. Praise God. Amen. Thank you. Praise the Lord. We ask the Lord to touch those who are sick and unable to be in the house of the Lord tonight. We want to remember to pray for uh, Brother Richard, uh, their family, Sister Y. Barbo had passed away uh, right before service, and uh, ask the Lord to uh, touch and strengthen that family today. And uh, I was out with Brother Y. Barbo just a few moments ago, the reason why I was late coming into the church, but you know, I, I was thinking it was somewhere 20 about 22 to 23 years ago uh, that she got a terrible diagnosis from the doctor that said that she had somewhere around five years to live and uh, she would wind up in a wheelchair and finally it would attack her breathing and end her life. Amen. She had many, many, many good years added to her life. And we are so thankful for that. 
served, served this church faithfully for many years. As a ladies' auxiliary leader, I'm not sure how long she was Brother Duplessis, but she was even ladies' auxiliary leader in the nursing home. And uh, believe me, anytime she was anywhere, she was leading. She was not a follower. She was definitely a leader. All of you ladies can probably say amen to that. And uh, so we're thankful for her service to the kingdom of God. And uh, I know she's going on to receive her reward today. And uh, the last last response that we had from her, the last message that we had from her is that she's tired and she's ready to go. And I tell you what, that's, that's what I want to be able to testify about. And I'm ready to go. That's the main thing. Amen. That's the main thing. Hallelujah. We're so glad for everyone that's in the house of the Lord tonight. Lord bless you for being in the house of God. Look over at your neighbor. Wave at them. Tell them you're glad that they're here. If your wife or husband's sitting there beside you, really tell them that you're glad they're here tonight. And uh, so glad that everyone's in the house of the Lord. So glad to have Brother and Sister Parks here with us. How many enjoyed the Word of God this morning? Amen. Amen. Appreciate appreciate young people that have a desire and a love for God and want to do a work for God. And didn't just start a couple of days ago, but lived a dedicated life. And uh, I, I don't guess, to my knowledge, I know she hasn't, but you've been in church all your life. That's all, all your life. See what God can do. Amen. Give God your whole life. Not what's left of your life, but give God your whole life. Amen. Amen. And I honor and respect them. So glad that they're in the house of the Lord with us tonight. Looking forward to the Word of God. How many come expecting God to speak to us? Amen. Let's clap our hands, shout unto God with the voice of triumph as Brother Parks comes. Amen. Could we put our hands together one more time all across the house? Amen. Can we lift our voices and give the King of Kings some praise? God, we worship and adore you tonight. Oh, come on. There's a special touch of the Holy Ghost in this house tonight. Come on, why don't you just reach out right now and try to grab a hold of it. Uh, I'm telling you, His Spirit's moving in a mighty way in this house tonight. Come on, you ought to reach out and grab a hold of it while it's here. Uh, come on, you ought to connect in the Holy Ghost right now. Uh, come on, let's raise our voices right now all across the house. Uh, Come on, let's connect with the Spirit of God that's moving and flowing freely right now. Amen. How many of you are thankful for the presence of God that we've already felt in the house tonight? Amen. And I, I had another message that I was going to preach that was very shouty and Sunday night sermon, I guess you could call it. Amen. But while the presence of God was just moving in such a mighty way, I felt like God just changed what He wants me to preach tonight. So I'm not going to take much of your time tonight. I promise I have a few little legal pads here. I want to preach to you what I feel like God has given me. So if you have your Bibles, would you turn with me to John chapter 5? 
Amen. As you're turning to John chapter 5, I want to take this time once again and give your pastor and your pastoral family honor. What a what what great leadership, what great people of God. Amen. I, I feel like I've just become a better person being around them. And that's a testament uh, to their, their relationship with God and the people that they are behind closed doors. And I honor them tonight. Amen. You guys have a great pastor and pastoral family leadership. Aren't you thankful for the man of God in your life? Amen. Amen. I'm honored today to be here with all you great saints of God. And I want to say thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you from the bottom of my heart for uh, being receptive of my wife and I, who I'm so glad is with me and got to come with me to preach with me. Thank you for being so receptive of us and uh, for responding to the word of the Lord this morning. Amen. I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful that there are people with, with, with tender hearts to the touch of the Lord that respond when His Spirit is moving. Amen. I want to get into the Word of the Lord. I'm going to begin reading at verse number 2. going to read to verse number 9. The Bible says, Now there is at Jerusalem by the sheep market a pool, which is called in the Hebrew tongue uh, Bethesda, having five porches. And in these lay a great multitude of impotent folk of blind, halt, withered, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain season into the pool and troubled the water, whosoever then first after the troubling of the water stepped in, was made whole of whatsoever disease he had. A certain man was there, which had an infirmity thirty and eight years. When Jesus saw him lie, he knew that he had been now a long time in that case. He saith unto him, Wilt thou be made whole? Everybody say that. Wilt thou be made whole? The impotent man answered him and said, Sir, I have no man when the water is troubled to put me into the pool, but while I am coming, another steppeth down before me. Jesus saith unto him, Rise, take up thy bed and walk. And immediately the man was made whole, took up his bed and walked. And on the same day was the Sabbath. Amen. For the next little bit, I want to preach to you from this subject. A real problem needs a real answer. A real problem needs a real answer. Would you set your Bibles down one more time? Lift your hands and your voice all across the house. Come on, I believe God wants to do a great work in the house this night. Is there any saints, is there any people of God that are willing uh, to open up your heart, open up your spirit uh, to what God wants to do in the house tonight? Uh, come on, let's not go through the motions, let's not go through the formalities, uh, but let's open up our hearts right now uh, and say, God, I want to receive whatever you have for me tonight, God. Uh, I want you to do whatever you want to do uh, in my life tonight, God. Come on, uh, open up your mouth, open Open up your mouth and cry out right now. Come on, God wants to do a great work in the house tonight. Come on, if you'll just yield to Him, if you'll just open up your heart to Him. Amen. Amen. You may be seated in the house of the Lord. I promise I'm not going to take much of your time tonight. I just want to obey God. I just want to get out of the way and let the Holy Ghost have its way tonight. Is there anybody that will be in agreement with me? Amen. 
Today we live in a society, in a world where there is a major paradox at hand. I know a paradox is not a common word used, and, and I tried to find something that maybe is more universal, but paradox seems to fit the situation and the season that this society and the world is going through. A paradox defined by the dictionary is something that is absolutely absurd, but when investigated, when looked into, may be proven true. In Scripture, a good example of a paradox is when the Bible says that when I am weak, then am I strong. And when you hear that, you immediately think of something frail and feeble and close to being broken. And you think, how can something be at its weakest point, be at its frailest point, and at the same time be at its strongest point? But then you look into it, you begin to investigate it, and then you understand that you and I as humans... In our flesh, when we are at our weakest point, uh, in our flesh, then the Spirit of God uh, can come into the situation and then indeed can make us stronger than we've ever been before. So we understand that when we are weak, then we truly are strong. That's a good example of what a paradox is. And today the world is is suffering from a major paradox because you can drive just an hour, couple hours uh, to Houston down the road and you can see that it seems that the world and the society around you and I is advancing. It's growing beyond what it has ever been before. We can go down to Houston and we could look at the architecture, the, the skyscrapers and the buildings and realize that there is bigger buildings than there's ever been before. There's taller buildings and stronger buildings than there's ever been before. And, and you can look at technology and the, the world of technology and realize that it is fastly and rapidly growing and increasing every single day. Now we have access to face-to-face -to -face calls. And in the palm of our hand, we now hold the world's largest library. Very fast and very rapidly, the world is advancing. The world is growing. The world is becoming bigger and better than what it has been in, in, in times past. You look at the medical field and, and you look at the, the medical uh, advancements that are being made. It seems now that if you have a problem, they have an answer. If you have a situation, they've got a pill that you can take. Because every day it seems like the world is advancing and the world is growing and the world is becoming more. But the deal is when you begin to investigate, when you begin to look into it, you understand that though the world has made all these advancements, uh, they still do not have the answer for mankind. There are questions that people still have today uh, that even though the world has made all these advancements, there is still no answer. The depressed uh, are still looking for happiness. Uh, the pill popper is still looking for relief. Uh, the suicidal is still looking for a better life. The lonely uh, are still looking for friends. Uh, why? Because the world uh, has not found the answer to man's problems. 
No matter how many advancements the world makes, uh, no matter how tall the buildings they build or how many medicine and and advancements they make in the medical field, uh, they will never find or have the answer to man's problems. To give a few statistics uh, on, on to prove that that the world has not found the answers to man's problems. One in six Americans are on pills for depression or anxiety. And the suicide rate in the United States of America is the highest it's been in 30 years. The world does not have the answers to man's problems. You see, that's the first thing we must realize as the church of the living God is that the world does not have the answer. And though we're all guilty today, uh, we cannot allow ourselves to go outside of these four walls uh, and go and search and look uh, for an answer because we serve uh, the answer. We serve the only thing uh, that can pick the depressed up uh, and give them joy. We serve the only one uh, that can heal a body and turn a life around. This is what the Bible says. The Bible says that it's not by might, it's not by power, but it's by my spirit, saith the Lord. I'm telling you, no matter how far the world advances, no matter how much power and might they get, it's only through the spirit that you can be victorious. Why don't you clap your hands if you believe it this morning? It's only by His Spirit uh, that we have an answer. It's only by His Spirit that you and I have joy. Uh, We can't take enough pills to make us happy. We can't visit enough psychologists uh, to fix our mind. Uh, But with Him, uh, we can have a sound mind. Uh, We can have peace. And you may be seated. John chapter 5. Our text this evening. We read the story of a man that was at the pool of Bethesda. Bible lets us know it fills us in on a little bit of details or history about this man. The Bible says that he has been there for 38 years. Just hoping and waiting to get his answer. Just like so many people in the world today, time was slipping away from this man. 38 years had come and 38 years had went. This man still had no answer to the problems that he was facing. Looking, searching, hoping, just waiting. Maybe one day my answer will come. The Bible tells us that Jesus Christ came and He He comes into the city of Jerusalem. The Bible says that he looks over and he sees this man that has been laying there for 38 years. And the Bible tells us that he knew that he had been in that case for a long time now. I want to encourage someone. I want to tell somebody tonight 
that you've been maybe suffering from a problem, from an issue, uh, and you've been looking for that answer. You've been looking for the, the cure to what you're, you're facing and what you're going against. Uh, I want you to know that Jesus uh, has not forsaken you. The Bible says that he looked at him uh, and he knew how long he had been in that case. Uh, can I tell you, God knows exactly uh, where you are and what you're going through. Uh, don't allow the enemy to sit on your shoulder and whisper lies in your ear telling you God has forgotten you uh, and God has left. Hey, Hey, the Bible says that he's Emmanuel, which means God with us in your circumstance, in your season. He's standing there with you. He's ready. He's ready to help you. David, he was talking about walking to the valley of the shadow of death. Going through a trying time, a trying season, maybe looking and scrambling for answers. David said, I don't, I, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm in this, 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 this valley of death. But David just said, he said, if you just listen closely, you could hear the following footsteps of goodness and in mercy. Even in the valley of the shadow of death, God is still there. His rod and his staff is still there to comfort you and still there to be with you. I'm telling you, it's the trick of the adversary and the enemy that wants to make you believe that in your time of need, God the answer has completely left you on your own. I'm here to tell you today, we serve a God that is faithful in your season. Indeed, He's still the answer. Bible says, the Bible says that He looked at this man and He knew that He had been now a long time. In that case, Jesus, he comes to that man. He asks the man the question, Wilt thou be made whole? That word in the whole, it means, it means, it means sound. You see, Jesus knew that, that he had physical physical disabilities and and there was things going on in the physical world for this man but Jesus also knew there was some internal things can I tell you that when God wants to fix your situation he's not just going to fix the physical and the external but there's some internal things he don't only want to heal your body he wants you to be able to lay your head on the pillow at night and have a sound mind he wants you to go home and have peace that passes all understand he's not only interested in working on the outside but my God is still interested on working on the inside he came to this man and he said wilt thou be made whole wilt thou be made whole. This man that been sitting there for 38 years now, he looks at God manifest in the flesh. The Bible says that he responds and he tells him, Sir, 
I have no man. And the water is troubled to put me into the pool. Think about this for a second. God Almighty Himself is standing before you. And He's asking you, you know that need you've been struggling with for 38 years? Do you want me to fix it? Do you want to be made whole? The man looks at him and he says, you know, I really like to, but I don't have a man. You know what that tells me? Is That tells me that he thought his answer was going to come from something other than God Himself. He thought his answer was in another man being there to help him, uh, to pick him up and to take him into the pool. He said, I have no man. When I read this, there was something in me that just said, I began shaking my head at this man. You missed the opportunity of a lifetime. The one that spoke the world into existence. uh, The one that holds all power in heaven and earth uh, in his hand is standing before you asking you, do you want your answer? He says, yeah, I'd like it, but I just, I don't see my answer around. There's no man. And I begin to shake my head and and then discuss How could you miss an opportunity like that? And it was almost immediately when I began to do that that God smote me. And He said, you know what? You shake your head at that man that missed that opportunity. But can I tell you, service after service, my presence comes and it sweeps across the house, through every aisle, through every pew. And it says, do you want your healing? Do you want deliverance? Do you want to be made whole? And we sit there with our arms crossed saying, God, I'd really like so, but I don't have the money. God, I'd really like to. He comes and he sweeps across the house and his spirit is ready to move and touch. But we sit there and say, I'd really like my answer for my need, but I just don't have this. My heart... My heart was smitten by God for all the times in service that I felt His powerful presence move much like we have felt tonight. Instead of heeding to the drawl of the Spirit of God, I sat there and said, you know what, maybe tomorrow if I do this and this and maybe, just maybe I'll get my answer. And service after service... The Spirit of God is moving. It's just sweeping across the house saying, I'm your answer. I'm ready to make you whole. But see, we're so preoccupied and we're so caught up on everything else that we don't even realize when our answer is there to meet the need. This man, think about it. He has been there 38 years, no doubt. Time and time again, people have come by uh, and people have tried to offer this man uh, something that, 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 that he maybe had hope in and, and it failed him and, he, and, it, and it, it gave up on him and, and it didn't work out like he thought it was going to. Uh, but then the real answer came and he missed his moment. Failed opportunities, messed up mistakes from other people, but when the answer passed him by... He refused and was too, con- he was too confused to 
understand that that was the one that could meet his need. If you're here today and maybe you're wondering, can God heal me? Let me tell you what the Bible says. It says, with his stripes, we are healed. Maybe you're here today and you're saying, does God care about me? I've never had anybody love me. I've never had anybody care for me. And does God care about me? Can I tell you? He says, cast all your cares on me for I care for you. I'm telling you today, church, Jesus uh, is the answer. And we can't allow ourselves uh, to get caught up on other avenues and other things uh, that we think might be able to help us uh, when we serve a God uh, that nothing is impossible for Him. Uh, There's nothing too hard. Uh, There's nothing too big for my Jesus. We can't allow ourselves to get sidetracked by another thing claiming to be our answer. Jesus, He speaks to that man and He tells him, Rise up, take up thy bed, and walk. And the Bible says immediately, everybody shout immediately. You see, Jesus has the power to make a difference in your need and in your situation immediately. I know it's hard for us to believe, but 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 let me tell you that you can walk out of those doors healed from the sickness in your body. You can walk out of those doors delivered from the addiction that you struggle with. God has enough power to do it immediately. The Bible tells us, the Bible tells us that... That it was on the Sabbath that Jesus healed this man on the Sabbath. And it was the tradition of the Sabbath that no burden was to be bore on that day and no work was to be done on that day. And those Jews that were there, they began to make remarks at Jesus. They begin to say things about Jesus. But we understand that Scripture tells us that He is Lord even of the Sabbath. You know what that tells me? That tells me that tradition says uh, you can't get your healing tonight. Tradition says uh, you've got to wait till they sing this this song and, and then you've got to wait till this preacher preaches to get your breakthrough. Uh, but can I tell you, Jesus uh, is Lord over tradition. Uh, it don't matter what service it is. Uh, it don't matter what day of the week it is. Uh, my God uh, is not hindered. Hey, you could get the Holy Ghost uh, tonight. Uh, you could get deliverance tonight. Uh, it don't matter what anybody else says uh, because He's Lord uh, over all. Come on, let's clap our hands right now. Come on, if you believe that He has enough power to change your situation tonight. But here's the deal. Is that Jesus will never force Himself on anyone. You could sit there in your need and in your situation struggling and needing an answer. But if you never call out to Him, you'll sit there and sit there and sit there. He will never force Himself on anyone. 
but he's available. You see, it's free will. From the very beginning, God gave man free will. That is why he built this beautiful garden. And he would place a tree in the middle of that garden. Because man had the, the opportunity and the willingness to serve him. Would not force no one to do anything that is against their own will. That is why he asked the man, will you be made whole? Is there a desire in you? Is there something in you that is seeking and longing for an answer to the need that you've been struggling with? There has to be a willing and a desire and a need that says, God, I'm open and I need you. Never force himself on you. See, that's why... God is looking and God is searching for those that are in need, but those that understand that He is their answer. That's what I'm trying to tell you tonight. You might have come into this house kind of confused and wondering and maybe a little unsure about who Jesus is and what He can do for you. But let me just encourage you and tell you that Jesus is the answer for the world today. Above Him there is no other. Jesus is the way. I want you to know that if you need a healing, it's in the name of Jesus. If you need a miracle. It's in the name of Jesus. If you need deliverance, it's in the name. Come on, you ought to shout that name out right now. Come on, you ought to shout it like you believe that when you say it, things happen. That when you say it, situations change. Jesus is looking for somebody tonight uh, that, that, that you have a need, that you have a circumstance uh, that you've been struggling with for some time now, uh, but you have a willingness and an openness uh, that says, God, I'm in need, uh, and I know that you are my answer. You've got to be willing. You've got to be open to what God wants to do. For you, God is looking for someone like Bartimaeus. The Bible tells us in Mark chapter 10 about a man named Bartimaeus who suffered from blindness. He was the son of Timaeus and, and, and he was a beggar. The Bible lets us know that, that he sat by the highway side begging and broken and having no eyesight. And Bartimaeus every day went to that corner and Cry out for alms. Bartimaeus was, obviously the scripture tells us, was blind. So we know that Bartimaeus relied upon only what he heard. Could not see, could not perceive things. And so Bartimaeus relied heavily on the things that he heard. The Bible tells us that Jesus was coming into Jericho with a large number of people. And as he was coming into Jericho, we know that, that Bartimaeus must have heard uh, that it was Jesus of Nazareth because the Bible tells us uh, in verse 47 that people were crying out, Jesus of Nazareth, Jesus of Nazareth. And Bartimaeus was sitting there in that, 
in that corner where he would beg week after week, day after day, blind and in need of, of receiving his sight, in need of an answer for the blindness that he struggled with. The Bible tells us that those people were calling out to him, Jesus of Nazareth. The Bible says that Bartimaeus was sitting there. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, the Bible says that Bartimaeus began to cry out. He began to be willing and open to the answer that was passing by. And Bartimaeus began to open up his mouth uh, and he began to scream and cry out. The Bible tells us, though, that everybody else was shouting, Jesus of Nazareth. But Bartimaeus did not cry that. The Bible says that while everybody else there was shouting out Jesus of Nazareth, uh, that Bartimaeus in his little area of uh, begging and in his little area of blindness where he, he begged day after day for arms, alms, uh, he stood up uh, and he began to cry out, Jesus, uh, thou son of David, have mercy on me. You see, you've got to understand the significance of that. Everybody else was crying out, Jesus of Nazareth. They knew where he was from. But when Bartimaeus cried out, he said, Thou son of David. You know what that lets us know? Uh, is that Bartimaeus had revelation of who he was. Uh, not just where he was from. Uh, you see, long ago there was a prophecy uh, of a Messiah that would come into the world through the lineage uh, of David. Uh, and Bartimaeus understood. Uh, my answer is passing by. Uh, and I won't be quiet. Uh, and I won't stop shouting until he stops. You see, that's the importance uh, of knowing who Jesus is. Uh, because everybody else just knows where he's from. Uh, but when you understand uh, who he is, uh, you'll cry out. Uh, you'll shout. Uh, you'll do whatever you've got to do uh, to get his attention. He said, Jesus of Nazareth, have mercy on me. You see, he had revelation and he understood that this is more than just a man from Nazareth. This is more than just a man born in a manger in Bethlehem. But this is the Messiah. This is the answer to every situation we struggle with. Bible says that those around him, they begin to hush him, begin to quiet him, Bartimaeus, be quiet. He doesn't care about you, Bartimaeus. He's not concerned about you, Bartimaeus. Hold your peace, Bartimaeus. You see, you have to be careful of those people that make fun of you for shouting the way you shout. You've got to be careful for those people that want to tell you it don't take all that hollering, screaming. You've got to be careful about those people that say you don't have to go to church twice on Sunday and you don't have to go by the church and pray. You've got to be careful of those people because they don't know him as the answer. They know where he's from, but they don't know who he is. But when you understand who he is, 
there's something inside of you that says, I won't stop until he answers. I won't stop until he moves in my knee. Come on, I I wish somebody right now that's in need uh, would understand uh, that the answer is in the house tonight. Uh, I wish somebody that understood who he was uh, would open up their mouth right now uh, and cry out. Come on, don't stop. Don't stop. Don't allow the voices in your head to tell you to be quiet. Don't allow the negativity around you to tell you to stop crying out. Because the answer's in the house. The answer's in the house. Come on, I'm just crazy enough to believe uh, that as you're calling out to him uh, in desperation that he can meet you where you are. Uh, I'm just crazy enough to believe uh, that you can leave healed. Uh, you can leave whole. Come on, keep crying out. Uh, keep calling out. Uh, the answer's in the house. Uh, the answer's in the Come on, Bartimaeus cried out uh, and shouted out until Jesus stopped. Uh, He kept crying until Jesus stopped. Uh, I'm telling you, you could shout enough tonight uh, that God in the throne room of heaven uh, can stop what he's doing uh, and everything else that's going on uh, and say in Silsby, Texas, uh, I hear my name uh, in Silsby, Texas. uh, There's a need. Come on, I could feel it shifting right now. Come on, I feel His presence working right now. Come on. You just need to make up your mind. I'm not stopping until He stops and looks on me and comes and sees about me. Hear me, hear me just for a little bit. I'm, I'm done almost. Bible tells us about a story of Mary and Elizabeth. Mary, the mother of Jesus Christ, and Elizabeth, the mother of John. We both know the angel came and told them of the birth that they would have of these two men. Bible tells us that Mary comes and she visits Elizabeth. She's carrying the Messiah in her womb. Bible tells us that, that as she draw closer and closer to Elizabeth, 
Then Elizabeth, the mother of John, Mary, the mother of Jesus. Then as Mary got closer to Elizabeth, John in the womb of Elizabeth leapt. Reason I believe that John leapt is because John understood and he had revelation of what was close by. He understood, remember, John was filled with the Holy Ghost from his mother's womb. John, there was something in him that responded when God manifests in the flesh, drawn near. But you see, life would happen to John just like it happens to you and I. Situations would happen, circumstances would happen. And you fast forward John's life just a little bit. And you later see John, and the Bible tells us that John is sitting in prison. He's sitting in prison for the work of God. And no doubt John is a little confused as to why he's suffering and why he's going through what he's going through. And where is God? Where is my answer? Where is my help? The Bible says that John was sitting in prison, struggling. He's been punched in the mouth one too many times by life. Circumstances and situations have hit him One too many times and John is sitting in prison. The Bible says that John begins to have a little doubt. The Bible says that he calls his messengers to him. He says, I have a message I want you to send to Jesus. He said, I want you to go ask him. Is it he that should come? Or am I looking for another You see, John, he had revelation of who Jesus was. He preached about Him. Prepare ye the way of the Lord. Make His path straight. There's one coming after me that's I'm not even worthy to latch His shoes. But you see, life hit Him one too many times. And the one that He knew without a shadow of a doubt was the answer before. He's now doubting and questioning. Is this the one that should come or do I need to look? Elsewhere. That happens to a lot of us. We know that He's the answer. We've had experiences with Him. We know that He's powerful and that He can work miracles and He can change lives. But sometimes life just hits us one too many times and we don't know if He's still the answer. The Bible says He sends those messengers to Jesus and they come to Jesus and they say, We've got a message from John. He wants to know, are you he that should come? Or does he need to look elsewhere? Jesus, he doesn't respond immediately to them, but just says, oh, come with me, boys, come on. The Bible says that he took him, took those messengers of John. The Bible says that he went and found some people. And he began praying for them, began touching them. And the Bible says that the lame begin to walk and the blind begin to see and the deaf ears were open. And he looks back at those disciples of John and messengers of John. And he said, I want you to go tell John everything you've seen and everything you've heard. You know what he was telling John? He said, John... I know you're sitting over there in that prison and you don't forgot about who I am. But John, don't you ever forget that when you don't see it, John, I'm still working. And John, even when you don't believe it, I'm still working. 
He said, John, I know you're in prison, but the blinded eyes are still being opened. The deaf ears are still being opened. The lame are still walking. I'm telling someone tonight, uh, maybe you forgot about who he was, uh, but rest assured, uh, even when you don't see it, uh, our God is working. Uh, even when you don't believe it, uh, he's working. Let's pray for a little bit right now. Come on, I feel God speaking to somebody. I feel God helping somebody right now. Come on, when you don't see it, when you don't feel it, He's still working. Church, let me tell you. And I'm done, I'm closed. I just want to share a story with you. I'm the only boy in my family, and I'm the youngest of four siblings. I have three older sisters. And as I was growing up, my two oldest sisters, they backslid and began to live life in the world. And my my middle sister, living life in the world, she bitterness and anger towards God and towards the church. and She was living in the world and she began to get involved in all kinds of all kinds of crazy things. Drugs, alcohol, gangs. Anything you can think of, she was a part of it. And, and I could remember growing up and, and she would come home on maybe Christmas and maybe come home on Mother's Day, Father's Day, whatever, whatever it was, she would come visit on any kind of holiday, whatever it was, and she would come in tattooed from head to toe. I remember one time, I believe it was one of her child's birthdays, she came in and she had a scar from the top of her forehead all the way down to the bottom of her cheek where she had got jumped and beat up, and I could remember growing up and Realizing my parents are unbelievable. They're, they're some of the finest people in the earth. How could you ever do this to them? Could you ever live this way? And I could remember causing chaos and hurt in our family. I could remember being just a young boy and her fighting with my parents. And out of fear and out of anger towards her, I would cry and I would be upset. And when I would grow up and become a little bit bigger... Anytime she would come around, I'd seen her one too many times try to hit my mom. And anytime she would come around, I would just follow my mom wherever she went. And I didn't know, but there was some bitterness on the inside of me for the hurt, the chaos, and the craziness that she had caused my family. And I, I want to tell you, like a good Pentecostal believer that I... I knew that God could save her. But let me tell you, I lost hope and I thought that there was no way that she would ever live for God. I was like John in that prison. God, I know you're the answer, but 
I just don't know how you're going to work in that situation. Just crazy stuff. And I was out evangelizing, preaching just two years ago. I was preaching for Brother Wesley Jackson in Louisiana. And I remember sitting, I'd just come out of the church praying, and I was sitting in my car, and my dad called me. He began to say, hey, I want to talk to you about something. He said, the other day we got a call from the jailhouse, and it was your sister. and She was crying, and she was telling us that she... She wants to come home. She hadn't been, I hadn't seen her in years. She wants to come home. And my first response was anger. I, are you serious? You're going to let her come back and after everything she did, after all the, the hurt and the chaos and pain she's caused us, are you serious? That phone, I was on FaceTime with my dad, and that phone, it just began to shake. And I began to see those tears flow down his eyes. And he said, you might not know this, but your mom and I have been praying and praying and praying. And we told God, God, don't you send her back our way until she's ready to change. He said, I know it might make you upset or a little angry, but this is an answer to prayer. And I begin to cry and say, okay. If this is what you guys want to do, I'm, I'm 100% behind you. That night we had services, I believe midweek. Night we had service, and when I finished preaching, I went and looked at my phone. There was a picture of her covered in tattoos uh, with her hands raised in the altar, speaking in other tongues as the Spirit began to give the utterance. Uh, and she was baptized with the Spirit of God all over again. Uh, and can I tell you that there's been so many people because of her that have come into church, uh, that have repented, been baptized, uh, and been filled with the Holy Ghost. Uh, every service she has a pew full of people that are searching and looking. Looking. Why? Because we serve an answer. Even when we've lost hope. Even when we don't believe it. God is working. I'm telling you, church. I lost hope. I would have never b believed or thought that she'd be back in church. Uh, but can I tell you, she's on fire for God and living for God uh, with everything in her today because we truly do serve a God uh, that is the answer to every need, uh, to every situation. Uh, there is nothing too big uh, for my Jesus. Uh, there is nothing uh, too big for your Jesus. Uh, all across this house right now, uh, let's stand do our feet, lift our hands uh, and our voices. Uh, I'm telling you, the answer is in this house tonight. Uh, and he's walking up and down these aisles, uh, in and out of these pews. Uh, and he's saying, do you want to be whole? Do you want me to turn your situation around? Come on, as they begin to sing, these altars are open. Uh, Come on, I need some people that have a need in their life uh, that say Jesus is the only answer to make their way down and say, God, I'm desperate. Even when I don't see it's 
Come on. Come on, when you don't feel it, when you don't see it, He's working in your situation. He's working in your need. Oh, come on. Come on, the answer's here tonight. The answer's here tonight. Come on, you have a need, he's an answer. You have a need, he's an answer. Make up your mind, I'm not stopping until he looks and comes sees about me. Oh, come on. Come on, the answer is in the house. You ought to cry out to Him. You ought to call out the name of Jesus over your need. You ought to cry out to Jesus over your situation. He's working when you don't see it. He's working when you don't feel it. He's the answer. Come on. Come on. He's here. He's here. Come on. Cry out to Him. Cry out to Him. The answer's here this evening. He's ready to meet the need. He's ready to work on your behalf. Come on, you can leave with your miracle. Come on, you can leave with your need met. Come on, you can leave with your breakthrough. You can leave with your deliverance. Come on, let a cry of desperation ascend in this house tonight. Let a cry out to Jesus ascend in this house right now. Jesus! 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 
Come on, something's shifting right now. As you cry out to Him. As you call out to Him. Come on, there's power in the name of Jesus. Come on, He's a difference maker. He's a miracle worker. He's powerful. Come on, we ought to start rejoicing. Then when we don't see it, then when we don't feel it, He's working, He's moving, He's still the answer.
Hallelujah. Let's thank God for His presence right now. Oh, come on, lift up your hands. Lift up your voice unto the Lord right now. Hallelujah. 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 I praise you, God. I worship you. I worship you, Lord. Hallelujah. Let's thank God for the promises in His Word tonight. Come on, let's thank Him for what we have heard, what we have felt, what God has done in this house tonight. We praise You. We worship You and thank You, Jesus. Hallelujah. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise right now. Amen. Thank you, Brother Parks, for the wonderful word of the Lord. Amen. I believe that God is trying to get our attention today. Let us know what God wants to do for us. Amen. Of course, most people don't, don't remember too many messages one day to the next. And, uh, but I do remember last Sunday I preached about a chance of a lifetime. And I use some of the same illustrations that he used tonight. God is here. God's ready. God's willing. God is moving through our midst. It's just who's willing to say, here I am, Lord. Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. Amen, 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 amen. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. So good to see everyone that's in the house of the Lord tonight. I was looking over here a while ago, and I was 
I was looking and I was trying to find people and I got to looking for Sister Marie and I said, surely they didn't leave church early. And I got to looking and I was looking and I looked down there and she was praying for this young lady. If you want to stay in church, you learn how to pray for somebody else. Amen. Amen. If you want a blessing from God, when God fills you with the Holy Ghost, try to give it to everybody that you come across. And you learn to pray for one another. When you pray for one another, the Holy Ghost will bubble off of them and fall on you. Amen. 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 That's the reason why I got Brother Ricky. I said, you know, pray for somebody. My Lord, we pray for y'all. You pray for somebody. Amen. Help somebody along the way. You say, oh, I'm not perfect. Nope. Guess what? I'm not either. But you know what? I serve a perfect God. And I'm covered by the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Well, praise God. I'm not going to preach tonight. But remember Wednesday night we're having a singing. The Atkins will be here with us. Looking forward to a great time in the Lord. Be inviting someone to come out with you. That's Wednesday night. So it starts at 7.30, but you can be here early for service and pray. We'll continue on as normal. Remember, we're, we're eating over at the gym tonight. As soon as church is over, go over there, fellowship. The quicker you get over there, the better it is on everybody. So we'll move all the fellowship over there. And um, y'all listen now. If you don't listen, you miss these announcements. We want to pray especially for Brother Paul. He's in the hospital and needs a touch from the Lord. Let's pray for Brother Dale and uh, talk to him this week. Ask the Lord to give him a miracle from God. And um, Brother Paul is having some of the same problems he had a few years ago when he was in such bad condition. And we pray that the Lord has stopped this infection and it's not in all of the hardware that's in his back and um, able to take care of this very quickly. So let's pray for that need. Let's remember to pray for... Brother Y. Barbo and his family. Let's pray for the Blakely family. Brother Robert Blakely passed away this morning about 1130. And uh, let's pray for that family and ask the Lord to touch them, give them help and strength from heaven. And uh, this is my, my daddy's sister's son is who it is. So let's pray for them. Remember, remember, this week, this week, come by the church every day and pray. That don't mean pass down Highway 92 and say, oh, Jesus, bless it. But that means stop in here and pray. Spend time in prayer. If you want to make it, you got to pray. Amen. If you live too far away and can't get by the church, pray wherever you're at. But pray every day. Every day pray. And you'll be able to survive any storm that comes your way. Amen. Lord bless you. Good to see everyone that's in the house of the Lord tonight. You can be dismissed in Jesus' name. Be sure to let Brother and Sister Parks know how much we enjoyed them being with us this weekend.